I'm Linda Bodian, and this is Stories with a Sunday Roast. <laughs> Something a little bit different to wrap us up for our final episode of Season 1. I can't believe it's finally here. This is the other half of the interview that you heard for the very first episode. And I am joined again by my very beautiful motivational, fierce friend, Kim White. She asks all the hard questions, as we know, (laughs) and just prompts me to think about the impact of this journey. I am forever grateful for her dedication and belief in me and cannot believe... (laughs) That I'm sitting here recording this. I'm literally having to pinch myself. I'm Linda Bonnie, and this is Stories with a Sunday Roast. Welcome to the community. Thank you so much for joining us. So why is this project so important to you? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because I've surprised myself with some of these answers already. <laughs> Can we just repeat? The last few questions answers. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to need to listen back. Oh, funny. I'm going to be editing <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting to edit your own interviews. And yeah, <laughs> uh, this is really important to me because coming back full circle, it's important to me because I think I really didn't believe this was possible. I really didn't realise the power and impact I would have on other people's lives and that passion was something that was contagious. (laughs) And it's important to me to be able to commit and dedicate myself to finding out more and igniting that curiosity for myself and others and leading in a way which doesn't feel forced either. (laughs) Yeah. Who told you stories when you were little? Mm. (laughs) I think they were everywhere. They were just people telling me they were included in part of my everyday, like driving down the street and wondering about who's behind the doors, like skipping across the footpath with the dog, like there are so many people that did share their stories and then I would extend it from there. So Dad was certainly very big in the storytelling side of things and reading to us and so was mum and so then there was also my grandparents as well and people like Mr Longstaff and teachers and myself in a way. I would definitely find stories and create just that, that captivating curiosity in my own life. So... I think there's been so many layers and so many people that it's hard to 
specifically know <laughs> if that, yeah, relates. And it's interesting that there isn't necessarily one particular person or answer that springs to mind immediately either. Hmm. So as an adult, I love mm -hmm. to hear stories to go to sleep on just like I did when I was little. Yep. If you were going to listen to a story to go to sleep tonight, what story would you pick? Oh, goodness. <sighs> it's a bit like asking the which one was your favourite question again because <laughs> <laughs> right now I, I have so many stories in my memory bank that, oh, <laughs> it's very hard to know. <laughs> and I think that's the pleasure and the amazing experience that I've had because it doesn't matter what mood I'm in or if I need to really switch off or want to be intrigued a little bit more, all of these stories have something for everyone. All of these stories have moments where you might just want something a little bit lighter or want to hear about really historic moments of someone that's grown up in the 50s or the 90s or there's the diversity there means that I don't need to decide now how I'm going to feel when I go to sleep tonight because after all it is mid-morning and I do have probably another 16, 18 hours before that happens. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. So tell me about your swimming adventures. Mm, sure. <laughs> oh, so I spent a fair bit of time growing up around the pool and would do the traditional swimming laps and quite always enjoyed the water. My dad talks about it on the story that we share where he was just a hop skipping away from the beach and would do a lot of, uh, had a lot of fond memories at the beach, going through the fence in the neighbour's <laughs> neighbor's yard and hopping across the road so always remember that swimming was a part of our childhood and then when I was about 12 I believe we were picking up dad from a swimming training so my mum and dad were involved in a swimming club essentially for adults and at the end of the pool, there were people swimming with these big fins and big flippers. And being curious, we asked the question of, what is that? And what are you doing? And how come? And why? And all of those, <laughs> those questions that lead to questions and more questions and finding out more. And so just as a sequence of events, ended up trying it out and being invited to come and do some swimming with the club at the time. And fin swimming itself is basically a little unique. It's not that well known across the world in many parts. So you basically have a tail, like a bit like a mermaid, 
or a dolphin. And so you kick up and down as in a butterfly kick because you can't move both your feet. Um, they have to stay together because you're strapped into a big fin and you basically glide through the water without using your arms. You have a snorkel. And so, yeah, I started learning in a very, very messy fashion how to do that because <laughs> you do it does require quite a bit of coordination and it's one of those moments where you think, oh, this looks so much easier than it actually is right now. <laughs> and so I began training with that club sometimes up to six times a week as well, doing many laps up, up and down and up and down, <laughs> which was actually quite therapeutic, I think, at the time. Again, I didn't realise it. I was a teenager, so just going through teenager stuff and that was my time to be able to think and reflect and move through the water in a way that felt pretty magical as well. I would then had the opportunity to go to competitions and meets and also engage with people across the world who would come down to visit and teach all sorts of amazing skills that I feel very grateful for and also travel a little bit with that as well. So I got to travel to the Australian Institute of Sport and all sorts of opportunities within that that, yeah, pretty special. So I'm thinking, welcome to the community, Linda Bonney, a.k.a. our very own mermaid. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. And look, as an adult, life gets busy. Um, you know, you do things like, I don't know, write a book, start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately had to leave my fins behind in a situation where I had to decide basically if, you know, what was able to be available to me at the time. So, yeah, it was, it's something that's fallen off at the moment definitely and I do hope to pick back up again one day as well. Hmm. I think you should never give up on being a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> Once a mermaid, always a mermaid. <laughs> I love that. You should say that again. <laughs> oh, it's all right. We've got it recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me one of your favorite memories. I know the book has lots of interviews and lots of stories, but tell me something it is one of your very favorite memories of all time for you personally. Oh, gosh. <sighs> I'm digging deep. I'm trying just to... <laughs> collect my thoughts for a second <laughs> and isn't this an interesting process to be put on the reverse side of the <laughs> microphone <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. one of my favorite memories of all time goodness like 
definitely one of the oh, there's lots that spring to mind, but definitely being able to birth little people is a big one. <laughs> yeah, and feeling so powerful and accomplished and exhausted and so all of the feelings <laughs> as well in that moment was it really did change so much of my life and I often joke and say, you know, when I birth babies, I birth many projects and <laughs> other, other events that happen in my life. And it's very true because there's a huge shift, I think, in our lives when we do recreate and just marvel at life itself. Mm. So how does birthing little humans compare to birthing a podcast and a book and all the it's other It's right up there. <laughs> it's right up there. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting about birthing humans is they continue to grow, don't they? They don't just, that moment doesn't just freeze in time and then, oh, they're little forever. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it continues to grow and you watch and suddenly you're like, wow, you've grown out of those clothes already. Wow, you need new shoes again. <laughs> and it's pretty amazing to witness that journey because birthing a book is it is similar to birthing little people and I do think that I'm really aware of soaking a lot of this up as well and appreciating and slowing down <laughs> to witness it not only in the situation but for the magnitude of what is happening and for how and why and when and the future, not only of the book happening but all the after effects of that as well. I might become addicted. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what would you tell your younger self about this project oh, it's interesting because often when we talk to our younger selves <laughs> we don't want to scare them off we don't we don't we feel quite protective we feel very protective of <laughs> as I said just said the magnitude of the project and what I would tell my younger self is the words that you so famously use, buckle in, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's one wild ride. It has ups and downs and there's the honeymoon and the possible, is this relationship even going to last? Is this so many different moments and sometimes they're even hour to hour and you have to dig pretty deep you do have to have some wits about you and some determination and desire for that longer goal and I think 
in talking to my younger self as well, just making sure that you are able to break that down because for a very long time I've had those vision, 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 (laughs) visions, big visions and haven't seen them as reality or possible or how or why even. So being able to break it down as part of this process has been very, very beneficial for me as well. Tiny, tiny steps. (laughs) So it's 20 years from now. Oh, no. <laughs> how do you feel I'll about be I'll be old. That's how I feel. <laughs> how do you feel about our conversation today? And what would you want the story to say? I, I joke, but I, in some ways, I think 20 years from now, I'll probably look back and think, oh, I was so naive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I had so much to learn. <laughs> Uh-huh. And then in other ways, I think it's very inspirational to look back when you are in flow and in a passionate place of desire and motivation and drive and watching it all come together. So I would say that the reflections on the conversation today would be quite mixed with a fairly decent smile on my face at the same time. Yeah. So what would you say you have in common with everyone you interviewed? Ah, great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the underlying commonality is decency the common thread in many ways is just decent human beings. <laughs> and again, it can't, sounds quite simple. However, it's way more than that. It's so much more than that. Yeah. Who did you have to become to do this project? Whew. I think it allowed me to open up a bit of a a vault in a way of who I am and there were certain memories and moments which I didn't consider to be that beneficial in my life until hearing it in a different way or from someone else or connecting it to one of the stories that I'm witnessing. So allowing that to unravel and that to open up a little bit helped me to understand there's more to me than just the day-to-day there's more to me than just the stories I think that are important and I think I would like to remember right now and so that's been quite profound in many ways in order to understand more of who I am. And that's a constant journey. We do that throughout our lives, no matter if we're interviewing 27 people or, <laughs> or more, there's a deeper level, I think, that it got me to rather than just sitting and wondering and 
leading more by my my imagination. It's been really beneficial to do that in the company of others and ask a few more questions or sit and think about it further and realise that, yeah, there's not just the memories I think that are there. There's way more to me than that and you and so many other people in the community that have been able to also experience that through our conversations as well. This project is a priceless gift to those you have interviewed. Thank I you. would I would love to know what motivates you to give such a gift as this to all of us. It comes back to the feeling in so many ways, the feeling that we are able to essentially bath in, <laughs> not only for me but for the other person and people that will find themselves within these stories to be able to draw out certain aspects of people maybe that they had forgotten or not recognised and then also extend from the conversation to write and paint a picture from that as well. This was never going to be a solo project. That's maybe one of the big stumbling blocks that I that stopped me for quite some time in I can't do this alone. This doesn't feel right if I do this on my own. It needed to be in community. It needed to be in conversation. It needed to start with conversation and I didn't always see how that was possible. I thought I literally had to sit down with a blank piece of paper and a a feather-tipped crystal pen or something (laughs) in order to write a book. I really didn't imagine how it would happen from having these conversations and asking questions and intrigue and imagination and curiosity. You have built quite a community of people who are excited about this project and your other projects. I look at the behind the scenes where (laughs) all of us can see the pieces of the beginning and going through these things, watching you do these things. Mm. Would you speak about that community for a second? Because... To me, it's a really impactful thing to watch somebody's dreams coming true right in front of you. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness, that community does have that feeling like home. It has been so beneficial in allowing myself to realise what is possible, to feel quite supported, to navigate some of the postpartum period as well. I was only talking about this with Ben the other night about the first year after birth and that had a lot of impact on us and our relationship and there were moments of definite unravelling and explosive. I just don't 
think I can do this right now. I don't have a purpose. And it was so many ups and downs. And being able to be part of the community now heading into this next time, it's very hard to explain while I think Ben's still in a little bit of the memories of the first year after Quinn was born, I really feel like the year following the birth of this book is going to be a game changer in both our relationship and for me and knowing that it doesn't have to be the same cycle, it doesn't have to be the same story, you can create a different reality through support of the community and that's not necessarily something that the community is going to be always exposed to or hear the nitty-gritty of the <laughs> late night, oh, I just need a hug right now and <laughs> all of those things. But at the same time, that's really what the community does support me in is those day-to-day because being able to dream outside that is huge for me and I've found so many decent human beings again coming back to those key words decent humans who really do understand and care and drive me to do better and give me a sense of belonging as well again a very overused internet word of coming together in the village and all sorts of (laughs) other aspects to that it's just been such an amazing surprising experience within just the community of guests that I've had in this book alone let alone the after effects of that as well Well, I want to say thank you for the gift you've given us with this community. And thank you for all of the things as the amazing leader of this community that you are and the dedication you've had to this project. Like there's so many things I want to thank you for, Linda. I really appreciate your belief in me (laughs) yeah it's yeah more than you more than you probably realize more than I can even put into words in this very moment right now (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah thank you I'm so proud of you yep I feel that every day (laughs) good I do believe in you. Thank you. I just want to go and eat some cake. (laughs) (laughs) Please guard your melty. (laughs) I don't know that there would be roast flavored cake out there. If there is, if there is, I'm all for it. I'm sitting here recording this almost at the last minute (laughs) in absolute disbelief that I actually did it, that you have joined me 
and we are right here alongside each other. It's interesting looking back and witnessing myself in conversation with others and how much benefit I really have gotten from not only the initial conversation but the after effects and afterflow of that at the same time. I know it's cliche and I know it's been used a bit. It really is like the stone in the river, the ripple effect that this will then have out into the world is something that I need to strap myself in for (laughs) and make sure that and really enjoy every single bit of the very mind-blowing experience. I'm Linda Bonney. Welcome to the community.